to another episode of Healing Wildly with your host, Anna Weidman, me. <laughs> I'm so, so grateful to have you on here today and for taking your time, wherever you may be, whatever you may be doing, that my intention is that you find some peace, that you find some connection in what we're going to touch on today. So I've been loving the feedback I've been receiving from everyone, from you, uh, your stories, your reflections, your feedback, um, and everything in between. It's been incredible to be received and to receive you in that way. So thank you. Today we have another really exciting episode. Um, I'm going to be delving deeper in a solo episode um, on relationships, relationship dynamics, nonviolent communication, and really offering you practical tools that, you know, I personally use when navigating my relationships. And this isn't only anchored into romantic relationships and romantic relating, but extending further into any kind of relating and relationships you have. You may be able to use this in your friendships, in your family relationships. It is really this foundation from which we can communicate our inner truth to another and to find harmony and to find common ground in which we can come back to a state of love and openness and compassion which is the most important structure um, that binds together any kind of relationship dynamic having and finding compassion for one another so going to the questions I received on Instagram and from your messages um, in response to my request for any ideas and suggestions, things you would like touched upon and answered in this session, I have them here so we can dive right in. So make yourself comfortable, grab yourself a cup of tea if you feel it. Or go on a nice, beautiful walk in nature. That's what I'm going to be do, doing later. So the first uh, question was, how do I open up to another person? Was it, was, did I find it easy to open up to, let's say, my current partner, Wesley? Um, and of course, you know, anything that I speak on, on here, I speak from my opinion and my experience so again, as usual, take what resonates and leave the rest. So opening up to another individual, whether it's a partner, whether it's anyone really, it requires a foundational level of safety in your nervous system, in your individual landscape, in your emotional landscape. It requires a certain state of self-regulation. And what I mean by that is that your nervous system isn't in a fight or flight response, that it feels safe, that it feels like, oh, I can, I can rest here, I can open here, I can be here. And cultivating the sense, this, this base level sense of safety is something that, let's say most people find it quite easy to cultivate that. Um, it's a very socially programmed thing that we learn as children that we need to be open, we need to be connecting. Um, but what I've noticed in myself, and this is speaking from my own history, that for a long period of time, I was really closed off. And that came from these remnants of anxiety I had in myself. So anxiety and any kind of experience of 
nerve overstimulation or understimulation within your nervous system can trigger an emotional response that causes you to shut off. And so in general, I feel opening up and what that, what I'm receiving from that is vulnerability, telling our story with, with honesty, with an open heart, almost opening our heart to someone and letting ourselves be seen beyond this character or beyond this image of quote unquote, who we think we should be representing or presenting to them but really allowing them to see the full vibrancy of our colors, the full landscape, which includes the shadow, and opening ourselves to another in that way. It's vulnerable, of course. There's this fear of being rejected. There's this fear of whatever that's there, that it's not enough. Uh, there's this fear that you'll be pushed away, that you'll be abandoned, and all of these you know, very normal human experiences and emotional states, there are ways in which our body keeps us safe. There are ways in which our nervous system keeps us safe. And there are ways in which, you know, the, these emotional guardians of our inner psyche keep us protected, keep us in this feeling and the state of, I'm enough, I'm loved. And for me personally, what I experienced in general, and this is not just something that uh, began when I started, you know, dating Wesley, for example. It's something that you cultivate this this inner strength, this inner stability that no matter how much you wear your heart on your sleeve, that you own it, that it is, it's 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 your pain, but also your medicine at the same time. And I always say this, that it's, it's this strength that we have, this unshakable strength that, that radiates outwards when we can fully claim and own. And it is a process of reclamation of all of who we are, all of who we are. And it, I mean all of who we are as in every single part, all the shadow, all the guilt, all the shame. And just to put that out there, imagine if right in this moment, you can take a deep breath in and say, everything that I am here today, every single moment that has led to this exact breath, every single interaction, every single experience, every single action I've taken is okay. And that it's enough. And that it's exactly as it's supposed to be. And that every single part of that story is also not who you have to identify with anymore. And so it's, it's when we can reclaim and almost imagine every single part of our story and, and imagine ourselves holding that with our, within our arms, embracing it. That's when we find this inner power and this, this inner radiance of, I'm open, my heart is open. And that's also when, when there's a certain magnetism and you, you begin attracting people in your life, uh, whether it's partnerships, friendships, you name it, that have the capacity to hold all of that, to, to witness all of that. Because what often happens is, in my opinion, relationships act as a mirror to our own inner experience, our own inner judgments we have of ourselves. So when we abandon or reject a part of ourselves and only play this character to the outside world of oh, every, I have everything together, I'm this, I have a perf perfect emotional experience, I'm, um, 
you know, I, I feel stable and in that also bypassing all of the, the darker parts, when we navigate the world in that way, subconsciously we're also attracting relationships and interactions where that part of ourselves is also rejected. It's too much, quote unquote. It's too much emotions. It's too much being. It's too much expression. And this box of too much, it's, it's a limitation that we subconsciously set on ourselves and through that subconscious um, limitation, we attract relationships that mirror that exact experience back to us. Of course, this is again my personal opinion, take what you want and leave the rest behind. But in general, this is the premise from which I feel we open to another being. It's, it's like this beautiful blossom, this beautiful rose opening itself. And it's beautiful. The rose knows it's opening and the rose knows it's beautiful, but it, it's, it's the eye of the beholder, the eye of the seer, the eye of the witness that has to see the beauty in it. And it doesn't even have to because the rose blooms in its own time, in its own rhythm, in its own pace, and in its own beauty. So it doesn't require an externalized validation of its beauty. It simply is. <laughs> so touching on that, I uh, want to continue this thread on and also highlight, and this is also another question to, to highlight that relationship Instagram perfect relationships are often not um, doesn't exactly mean real life perfect relationships and how I interpret that is that my experience of relating honestly authentically it's messy it's really beautifully human it means sharing with tears it means navigating the the discomfort your own edges when you, you feel your heart wanting to contract you navigate and you push through it, you move through it, and you share this vulnerability, you offer it at the altar of the relationship, and you say, hey, this is how I'm feeling, this is how I'm experiencing something. And maybe that's, that's, that's the beauty of, of relating, is that you're being taken deeper into your human parts than in any other way. Often and sometimes, deeper than you can take yourself because you are being faced with a mirror of yourself. Hmm. And to link this, you know, there's also a certain sense of privacy that I feel and experience in uh, terms of what I share on Instagram and in any kind of social media sphere is I, I, I harvest the medicine of something myself. It is a journey I endeavor on in myself. Uh, it is not one I necessarily want to share with everyone. And what I do want to share, and I feel really inspired to share, is the medicine I can harvest from my own depths. It's, it's the medicine I can harvest from my own pain. Um, and it's not a sharing, a direct sharing or, or loading or, or dumping of my pain onto others. Because I take ownership for that pain. I claim it as mine. And that's the power we have as individuals. And that's why also... I feel that Instagram perfect is always a, it's a harvesting, it's a medicine and too much medicine is not good. <laughs> so to be selective with, um, you know, really what we share with wisdom, with clarity 
um, in honoring of our own integrity with what feels a yes and what feels like a no. Um, and I think this encapsulates this duality, this dance between you know, Instagram perfect and real life. Uh, I prefer real life, honestly. Uh, I think Instagram takes us away from the messiness, and I don't say messiness in a negative judgment, I say messiness in this beautiful orchestra, this agglomeration of this human dance we all do and that we're trying to figure out together. Um, and that, you know, perfect cells in a way, perfection cells, order cells, uh, it's not chaos that sells because our human mind cannot comprehend chaos. It cannot comprehend something that is the mystery. Love is mystery. Relating with another being, you know, really meeting the entirety of who they are. That's a mystery. It's, it's a beautiful dance. And it's not something that can be represented on Instagram. It, it, I hope it never will be. Um, <laughs> So I hope that touches on this. Um, going on to the next question, I think uh, maintaining energy and positivity in relationships. And I want to touch on this one as well because it links to the previous. Um, of The fact that when I hear the word maintain energy and positivity, I want to invite the, the idea of, of or the question of what are you maintaining and for who? What are you upholding and for who? Can you let yourself delve into the depths of what is calling you to go deeper? Often what I notice in myself, I have these cycles of, and usually it's, it's, it's quite consistent cycles of a life, death and rebirth. And each cycle, each, each component, each part of life requires us to take different action. It requires us to slow down sometimes. It requires us to tune inwards, to become silent, and to listen what wants to be said in the silence, or to simply be able to receive the silence as it is without an attachment of answers. I want answers. The mind wants answers. Um, so what I'd invite in that is to perhaps also acknowledge the natural rhythms of life that occur especially when two people are deeply relating is you're both in these continual cycles of life death and rebirth and to be able to acknowledge and fully receive these cycles i had this a couple of days ago you know it's middle of winter it's lockdown number three or two or four i don't even remember and wesley and i we were also feeling this monotonous gray every day is kind of the same experience we're living with each other almost 24-7. And as much as I, I you know, I, we love dancing in that way. It's also a complete shift in our polarity. And we both are more in this winter experience of death. What needs to die? What needs to be released? Can we sit in our stillness? Can we receive the dark, the dark days? Can we receive the dark days fully and let ourselves sink into them, receive them? And, you know, within that as well, can you receive your partner within their darker days? Can you receive them in their different cycles, their different rhythms? And that is really, there's nothing to maintain. There's just this continuous meeting of another individual, another human being 
in the state that they're in in that moment without bringing an attachment of how it was a week ago, how it was three days ago, into the present moment. That's an attachment that needs to be let go of in order for you to see through this fresh lens of, whoa, this is, this is a person sitting in front of me. This is a person who's moving through something. Whatever it may be, may it be joy, may it be grief, may it be this beautiful dance of different emotions. But to be able to fully receive that, it, that's, that's the movement of energy. That's the movement of polarity as well. So it's not only this positivity, but it's a positive and negative charge that continues to move. Energy needs to move. Emotions need to move. Energy in motion. And so positivity is not the answer to meeting another in the truth of where they're at. It's also not a way to meet yourself in the truth of what's present in you in that moment. And this is something I, you know, I recognize often in communities um, and in, in some practitioners where it's a, somewhat of a bypassing of the emotional charge, the emotional experience of the present moment um, in an effort to push a certain mindset, a push a certain positivity on something because there's a judgment for the, the quote-unquote negativity, the quote-unquote darkness, the shadow. There's a judgment for that, saying it's not okay to experience this. But actually, I think we all want this fullness. We want this fullness of life. We want to experience it all, the full spectrum. And especially when we're relating to another being, we're receiving not only our own spectrum, but we get a glimpse, an insight. We open a little door into their spectrum. And that requires us to let go of who we think they are, who we think they were two days ago, a week ago, a month ago. And to just open the little door and be like, wow, I can look at this and I, I can fully receive it. That's really what it's about, to fully receive. Um, so, yeah, I think this is to touch on that. It's, it's, a, it's a practice also. It's really a practice. Um, mm, so that's, that's my take on that. Um, I'm not a big fan of spiritual bypassing of any emotion. Emotions are so beautiful and they're just this momentary experience we get to have with ourselves. Um, and all emotions have a lesson to give, to teach, to tell. It's just our capacity to receive it that determines how quickly or how much we, we can receive from it um, and how we can move through it with grace. Um, so moving on to the last question I'm going to touch on in this episode is how to contain your own energy, how to still be true to yourself, how to still maintain a sense of independence in a relationship. And this question is something I think, you know, when you're first in that phase of honeymoon stage, they call it, um, where everything's vibrant, everything's bright, everything's this season of summer. It's a season of, wow, this person, and then, wow, I, I'm just, I want to, I'm pulled in, I'm drawn in to explore this mystery, explore this human being. Um, and this is, it, it's, it's easy to fall into codependent um, dynamics. And what I mean by codependency is when you, 
you expect someone else to, uh, you know, I'm going to use some examples, but you expect someone else to fill your cup. And you expect someone else to mm, regulate your emotions for you. You expect someone else to fill your cup of happiness. You depend, codependency is you, you make your emotional experience dependent on someone else. You make your emotional state dependent on someone else. You make your joy, your happiness, your, your context, your state codependent on someone else. Um, and you know what that does? It delegates the sense of responsibility that we have over ourselves to another individual. And that is a, it's a responsibility that is actually ours to carry. It's not someone else's to carry. We are the sole person, the sole entity that is responsible for how we feel, how we communicate, how we react, how we respond. It is not the other individual. I think this is one thing my mom always taught us. It's, it's your responsibility how you respond, not their responsibility how you react. And that's the definition that the difference also is that there's no blame game. There's no pointing fingers because the premise of independent relating is that you, you hold your own. You are the creator of your own life and you are in ownership of your own being. And that doesn't mean that, you know, there aren't commitments to make, there aren't agreements that, that can be made and there aren't um, conversations to be had, boundaries to be set, needs to be communicated. But the premise of it is that you are the first person to take responsibility for that. Your emotional state, your needs, your desires, you are the first person to take ownership over that. It's not up to the other person to poke around in your inner world and be like, so what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What's going on with you? What's going on with you? It's up to you to communicate that. Um, and again, I have to say, it's a practice. It's something I practice every day with myself, with Wesley, with my friends. Um, it is really this practice of can we be humans in our own power? And then from that power, can we share it with one another? And so what I say as well to that, you know, in practical terms, let's, you know, let's say you are in a relationship and you notice these subtle um, codependent dynamics uh, where you outsource your power to someone else, you outsource your sovereignty um, to another individual. How do you reclaim this? How do you reclaim this experience? Um, and this is something that it's, 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 it doesn't have to happen overnight. These are dynamics. Codependency is nothing but our nervous system not trusting ourselves enough to self-regulate our emotional experience. It is, it's, it's rooted in a certain sense of, can I trust myself enough to hold all of myself? Can I receive all of myself? Going back to my previous answer and the last question. And... It's something, it's a way we learn our attachment to people we love. It's often the first imprint we get from our childhood, our caretakers, our, you know, our mother, our father, our caretaker, whoever it may be. And it's this imprint of how we receive love. And unless we, you know, we learn healthy attachment, which is not something that, um, you know, many people get the, 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 you know, privilege to receive. Um, I myself, I, I grew up with a very anxious and avoidant uh, attachment style. And this is something I can go into um, in another episode. 
because it's such a broad topic. But this, these tendencies, they teach us ways in which we avoid healthy communication in the end. It's, it's ways in which we bypass our own needs, our own desires, in order to receive love from another individual. And by that, outsourcing our needs and desires and the clarity that we can find in ourselves of those needs and desires, we outsource it to another individual. And in a way, you know, codependent dynamics, they can be resolved when you reclaim and pull back your energetic uh, outsourcing into back into yourself. A really powerful way of that, of doing that, and this is something I learned from my mentor, one of my mentors, is, you know, pl- when you're in the heat of the moment where you feel your energy is being drawn outwards and whether this is in a friendship, a relationship, anything is place your hand on your heart or anywhere on your body where it feels most you or just it feels embodied. It feels powerful. It feels connected to you. Put your hand on that place and call your name, call yourself back into yourself. So I'll be sometimes I'll, I'll just put my hand on my heart and in my mind I'll be saying, Anna, 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 Anna. And that's a way of, you know, our names have energetic power. They have a charge. They have a definition. Our whole identity is attached to it. Um, and it's a really potent potent way of reclaiming and pulling back this, this network, this aura of energy we have back into ourselves. And if you're not connected to the words aura and energy, just experience it as where you put your energy is where it goes so when when your focus when your focus your energy is your focus when your focus is on someone else and you're not focusing on yourself at the same time and checking in with yourself you're outsourcing your power so by reclaiming this focus towards yourself you then have this opening of oh, okay anna anna i'm here i'm here What do you need? What do you need? What's going on with you? What's present in you? What emotion are you feeling? And if there's no emotion, no clarity. Okay, there's tension in my my upper shoulder. There's tension in my lower belly. Can I feel that? Can I take a breath maybe into that space? Hold it and sink into it. And we, through this practice, we reclaim these these strings that these these attachments to other things outside of ourselves and we come and bring it back into ourselves from which we then can engage in a healthy way to another person from which we then can say you know use nonviolent communication to communicate our needs our boundaries and some practical examples of this as well is um, to let's say in conflict something that Wes and I we do and we've made agreements on this is that when we are feeling um, that there's a dysregulation in our system, and what I mean by that is that you know we're in our we're in our fight or flight responses when we're having a disagreement, when there's something um, something that feels off, when when one of us is a bit triggered, is that that's a co that's a dysregulation in our system. Our body is telling us, "Oh fuck, you're unsafe now. You're unsafe." This is a, there's a chance you're being rejected. There's a chance you're being abandoned. There's a chance to, to, to all these narratives, which are mostly wounded child creates and, and holds to, in order to protect us. There's nothing wrong with these narratives. But 
often we get pulled into it instead of being able to take a step back. So also through this practice of hand on heart, Anna, Anna, Anna. Can we zoom back out and can we really detach from this emotional story that's there, not in a way of bypassing or pushing it away, but really from a sense of, can I fully receive this and respond from it versus react from it? And that's a distinction I like making is our response comes from our power. Our reaction comes when we feel disempowered. And often a reaction is involuntary. And so not only that, you know, the sense of like self-regulation, there's also, you know, not everyone has the, uh, initially has the, the capacity to self-regulate. And so it's really powerful to make a small agreements of co-regulation. And what I mean by regulation is a way of shifting your nervous system, which is everything. It's your safety response. It's the way you see the world and can open yourself to the world. Self-regulation and co-regulation. Regulation in general means that you have the capacity to shift your nervous system from the fight or flight response, which is closed off, contracted, unopened to receive anything, just in this, I want to get away, I want to sink it in the ground. Freeze is also included in that. And when we can shift that response to rest and digest, this openness, this and breathing deep, I feel my power, I feel my center, I feel grounded, I feel safe, I feel compassionate towards myself, towards the other person, and this openness to receive their truth and to not take it personally, to not take it as something uh, that triggers my, my system, that makes me feel unsafe. And this is something that we can do through co-regulation as well, in a way where Wesley and I, for example, we agreed to breathe with each other, 10 deep breaths with each other. When we are feeling dysregulated, when we are feeling triggered, when we are feeling uh, frozen, fighty, flighty, one of those, and to just give each other a hand and do 10 deep breaths with each other, put our foreheads together and just feel Feel the other person, feel their breath, feel their humanness. Get away from the story, get into our bodies and to speak from the truth of the body versus the truth of the mind. And this is a powerful, powerful practice. It's, it's gone us through so many dances um, and it's such a beautiful way of being so supportive to our partners as well, even if there is a conflict or a disagreement. Um, and it puts us into the state of much e finding it much easier to come back to a state of openness, of love, of receptivity. Um, and, you know, from that place, we can then begin communicating, okay, I notice, and there's always, this, this, this is how I usually formulate anything, any discomfort, any edges, any triggers I'm experiencing, is just, I'd like to share something. Hmm. Then tuning into my own body. No, just sharing and noticing games is a beautiful game of just feeling what's there. You don't have to attach anything to your body sensations, but I notice a contraction in my chest. I notice how my throat is a bit closed off. I notice discomfort in the pit of my stomach. I notice a icky, dense feeling in, in my shoulder. I notice 
tension in my neck. I've noticed my jaw clenching up. And just by noticing, often by speaking it out loud, we're already creating spaciousness in the movement that then allows this emotion to channel and move through, out, through and out of us. And by sharing that process with another being, it gives them an insight into your, you know, your subjective experience. And there's no story attached to that subjective experience. There's no, I feel this clench in my jaw because of what you did. There's no pointing fingers like that. It's just a, a noticing, a slowing down, an awareness. It's cultivating awareness in the icky and sticky and dense interactions we might have in a relationship, whether it's a friendship, relationship, you name it. But this opens our, this opens us to more living, more life, more connection, even amidst this shadow play, shadow dance. And for, you know, from that place of noticing, of just even just beginning to share for two, three minutes, what's, what are you noticing in your body? Giving then the other person also the space to do this. Taking a couple deep breaths and then really checking, with your, checking in with yourself. Like, what do you need right now? Do you need some time to process? And then you can communicate that maybe by giving also a nice timeline of, okay, I'd like to check in with you in two hours. I'm going to go for a walk. I, I love you. And I thank you for your support for listening. Um, but I, I'd like some time. I need some time to just be with myself, to be present with myself. Um, or I, I notice I just, I, I, I've been projecting these things onto you and I, I need a hug. I need a cuddle. Are you open to offer that to me? Um, or asking questions such as to your partner. And this is something, especially when they're moving, when it's less of a trigger, but more of an emotional wave that's moving through them and you want to support them. If, how can I best support you right now? How, how would you feel best supported by me right now? Because often we assume that uh, certain things help them, but that's also in a way of, of not trusting them enough to communicate what is most supportive of them. I don't know what's most supportive for my partner. They, he does, you know, he does. Usually the other person knows exactly what's most supportive or, or not even what's most supportive, but what feels the best in that moment. They might not have clarity on, on what exactly they need, but you can offer them a selection of things like what would feel most supportive for you right now? What would feel best to you right now? A hug a cup of tea or a nap or a walk with me in the park. And often if we offer this, this table, a selection of support we can give, it's much, there's much more clarity. There's so much more movement in, um, and much more compassion in the interaction with we have. Whether, when it's conflict as well, it's, it's um, the capacity, you know, creating this space, this noticing, this, checking in with ourselves it creates a space and a capacity to see the story of the situation and the context as separate from our emotional experience um, we can then kind of detach a little from the story and say this is an emotion and it's valid and it's 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 allowed to be there and instead of meeting the story of like this is my version of the truth this is my version of what happened oh but i'm right but i'm wrong and you're wrong and i'm wrong and blah 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 we're meeting just the emotion of one another and then it, it allows a saying of you might i know you feel hurt or I, i'm hearing that you're feeling hurt i can see that i can hear that i can receive that 
I notice in myself that I feel triggered when uh, this happens. Um, and I feel a contraction in my jaw. I notice anger coming up. And, and instead of saying, you made me angry, you are simply noticing the state of your body at that moment in time. And you are sharing your individual experiences with one another of what's happening in your body at that moment in time. And this brings and anchors both individuals back into the present moment. And from that place, you know, you have the capacity to move forward as well. You have the capacity to just come to bring it down, tune it down into, you know, distill it down into what do I need right now? What am I feeling right now? How can I be best supported in the movement and the transition into you know, more connection, maybe more space, more clarity than I, I need to create for myself? And um, I would say this has been the foundation to my, 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 any of my relationships, also the relationship to myself. And it's something I will go on into uh, in another episode. But nonviolent communication is not something we only practice with other people. It's always also something we can use within ourselves. You know, that's where it begins. How do we communicate with ourselves? How do we talk with ourselves? And can we shift that narrative to one that is you know, not hurtful to ourselves, not judgmental to ourselves, um, one that is simply a witnessing of this beautiful spectrum of what's alive inside in that moment. Mm. So I hope that has been um, a beautiful journey through these various different topics. I've thoroughly enjoyed it myself. I love, I'm such a nerd on these topics and a bit of my background is, um, you know, Communication has always been a deeply honed-in skill that I've cultivated within and for myself. It's something that, um, in a way, I had to cultivate out of uh, need, out of necessity, um, because a common experience in my childhood was that I felt misunderstood. I felt so deeply misunderstood that I had to get really sharp and really clear with my own words in order for me to remain in integrity to my truth. Whether or not it is received, received that truth, it's only up to me and that's the only responsibility I can ever take is to be in full communication and full expression of what's alive in me. And through that, I've, I've, I've created this really beautiful and powerful um, tool and capacity and skill of communicating with clarity, communicating with honesty and in order to communicate my truth fully. Um, and I hope that me sharing this on here has opened, you know, some gates for you, has opened some perspectives for you, has offered you, uh, you know, this set and this array of skills that you can integrate into your own life, your own relating, your own experiences. So I'm going to bring this episode to an end. I'm wishing you a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, you may find gratitude in wherever and whatever you are experiencing right now. And I want to thank you also for the beautiful feedback again I've received in the past episode. If you'd love to share something and love to communicate something, love to um, share this podcast with a friend, with a lover, with a family member, please do so. If you want to repost it on your stories, tag me in it. I'm always so keen to share your experiences. If I'm on, my DMs are always open, so you can always text me and, and shoot me a message there. I love dropping deeper into these subjects. Um, so thank you for listening, for being here. I'm so excited for the next upcoming episodes. 
But for now, we're going to end it here. I will see you soon.